Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Around the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Hello. Good morning. How are you on this bright? Oh, man, so much. It's it's so nice. But at the same time, I'm like, man, <clears throat> I would like just a little bit of rain. It's dry as a popcorn fart out there. I mean, it is just dry. And uh, I am uh, <clears throat> hoping that we do not continue this trend of uh, uh, great wildfires and everything else. So uh, let's uh, here's hoping. Here's hoping that uh, we get a little bit of um, we get a little bit of uh, of the wet stuff just to keep the dust tamped down and to keep the world from uh, some, from burning down. So that's uh, that's like that's the goal today on the big radio program. All right. Um, Hi, uh, let's see what, <clears throat> what's on the agenda for today. This week is a short week for me, um, and so I want to uh, address that first and foremost um, because uh, I don't want to get a bunch of messages at 6.05 a.m. on uh, on Friday with people, like, uh, texting me and buzzing me and, you know, like, uh, hey, where are you, man? You're not on the air. What's going on, man? What are you – how come you're not there? What are you doing? Well, it's because uh, <clears throat> I'm asleep. So uh, Friday we'll be taking uh, the day off because, as you know, this coming Monday is the 4th of July, which would be a great – Opportunity for all of us to hang out and uh, and be with our families, celebrate the independence of this, the greatest nation on the face of the earth. <clears throat> yes, I'm a believer in American exceptionalism. Sorry, that's just that's where I come from. Um, but uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be we're going to be uh, enjoying that with with the family and everything else. So. Um, we, uh, I just want to, I just want to let you know, just in case you were wondering, that's, uh, that's where we're going. We're going to be, uh, uh, on, on vacation, hanging out, doing our thing and, uh, we'll enjoy it. So you'll have to find, you'll find, you'll have to find some of your other friends to play with this weekend. Sorry. Um, and, uh, then we'll, we'll be back on Tuesday, the 6th and to, uh, to hang out with you, uh, as well. Second piece of housekeeping, uh, tomorrow is the final day, tomorrow being Wednesday, is the final day to order your fantabulous, fantastic, elegant, um, in- inspiring, I'm looking for more adjectives here, um, absolutely awesome um, Michael Duke show uh, swag. That's, that's what you can... 
That's what you're looking for. We've got the we got the new swag. We're putting in a special limited run of the swag, and that is going to be available um, for all to see. Um, it, it's going to be fun. All you got to do is go over to uh, go over to facebook.com uh, slash Michael Duke Show, and it is there. In the uh, right there, it's the pinned post at the top of the page. We've got Michael Duke Show T-shirts with the beard and the logo, and then the politicians fear the beard on the back. And then we've got Six O'clock Club T-shirts. If you want to brag about being a member of the Six O'clock Club, uh, there it's uh, there as well. And of course, Michael Duke Show coffee mugs. There is no beard curler on the uh, on the menu today, but we are working on it because I'm having a problem with the supply chain. So I can only I give away bags and I do things like that. I'm having a hard time. It took me four months last time to get more coffee. So, but there are coffee mugs uh, with your choice of uh, station logos on the back and everything else. So go over to my website or my Facebook page and send me a message on Facebook or post in the comments that you're interested in getting uh, a T-shirt. Tell me what size. Tell me what color. Or uh, tell me what style. Tell me what. Anyway, go tell me what you want. It's all over there again on Facebook at Michael Duke Show uh, at Facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show. All right. All right, you ready? Uh, today's today's stuff. Today's stuff. Brad Keithley will be joining us this morning. Uh, Brad Keithley uh, from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We will be diving into the weekly top three. The top three items uh, today include, well, the governor is supposed to be delivering his budget today. There's supposed to be a press conference where the governor is going to be delivering his his, uh, his budget. So Brad's going to take a wild guess, uh, a wag, uh, at what's going on with that and what kind of uh, vetoes we can expect, if any. And uh, we'll see what his thoughts are on that. Uh, he'll also, in number two, take a look at what we should be looking for in the Biden administration's recent decision on the Willow Project. And then uh, next, uh, uh, he's going to be looking at uh, kind of the next part of the campaign issues for new candidates. He's He kind of breaks down what uh, AK4SB has been looking at in the candidates and asking, you know, what kind of questions. So those are going to be the big three, top three today that we're going to dive into with Brad. And we will talk about that. And then in hour two, uh, as uh, always, uh, as we normally do on Tuesdays, we will be talking with Chris Story, the man from Homer, who's our positivity expert. He will give us a bit of life coaching from down on top of the world, down in beautiful Homer. That's just weird to say that, but that's just kind of how he looks at it. Homer is on top of the world, even though it's below us. It's top of the, except for those of you who live in Homer. So that's it's where it's at. All right. Headlines, headlines. Who's got your headlines? Shall we dive into that uh, and see what else is going on here? Evacuations are being recommended right now for a bunch of interior communities. The Minto Lakes Fire, uh, which is northwest of Fairbanks, uh, about 34 structures are being threatened right now. They recommend that anyone north of the Chattanooga River and west of the boat launch should evacuate. Uh, That fire has grown to almost 10,000 acres by yesterday morning. They uh, plan to do a little bit of a structural assessment on a subdivision east of the fire and focus on structural protection and preparation. And there's another fire west of Anderson in the Denali borough that's threatening about 45 homes. The clear fire was started last week by lightning strikes. So we got a lot of lightning and thunder, but not a whole lot of um, 
not a whole lot of rain. And uh, lightning started that fire, which again has also grown to about 10,000 acres as of yesterday. Uh, 43 people live in the area that they're recommending for evacuation right now. Um, And uh, they've got uh, shelters being set up uh, down in uh, Healy. The borough has been uh, setting those up uh, and everything else. In a piece of tragic news, a Wasilla man working as a pilot on the fire died in a helicopter crash on Sunday night. Shortly after takeoff, that helicopter crashed. And uh, it's the first time that they've had a death uh, during uh, firefighting operations uh, in something like 22 years. So um, it's a hor- horrible time uh, for them, and I, I, my heart goes out to them. But, yeah, what a tough, uh, what a tough and, uh, uh, and horrible time. Uh, Marit in Fairbanks says that it's incredibly smoky here in Fairbanks right there. I remember when they had the Million Acre Haystack fire, and there was literally – I was sitting in the studios in KFAR, and you could literally look across the single studio, and it was smoky in the studio. The air quality – somebody brought a meter in, and the air quality inside the studio was uh, <laughs> was bad. The air quality inside the studio was uh, – uh, it, it exceeded the EPA's <laughs> whatever particulate standard inside the studio. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy for uh, for the wintertime. We're actually getting smoke down here in the Wasilla area from those fires. It's coming all the way down here. So it's spreading across the state. Uh, not nearly as bad, I'm sure, as the folks in Fairbanks are feeling it. Um, <clears throat> what else? Uh, what else? Oh, um, this is an interesting development. Uh, uh, Suzanne Downing over at Must Read has reported on this. The Alaska Republican Party in Ketchikan has has voted to censure Sarah Palin. They apparently have not forgotten Sarah. They've got a long memory after she axed the funding to the bridge uh, to their airport, calling it a bridge to nowhere. They were a little mad about that. They were also mad when she backed Bill Walker instead of uh, Sean Parnell. And then they still mad at her about quitting and uh, going out and doing everything else. Um it was a. It was a. The resolution passed the Ketchikan District One Republicans last night. They had a bunch of uh, folks who were uh, who were doing it. But <clears throat> anyway, interesting having to. Uh, um, interesting to uh, to see that that even the Republicans are are not sure who to vote for at this point. Everybody's just throwing throwing their their whole thing. Jim says K Town rules. What did somebody else say in the in the uh, what was somebody else said in the in the comments section on that? I had to laugh. It's the uh, um, uh, I can't remember what they said now, but it's basically it was oh for the first town or first city or whatever. Uh, apparently, Ketchikan is unique. I have never I have not been to I was with Ketchikan when I was a kid, like ten years old. It's the last time I was in Ketchikan. So, but uh, anyway, interesting stuff. All right. Uh, final thing. Um, I don't know why it's so hard to answer some of these questions, but apparently, um, well, let's just put it this way. Asked yesterday at the Anchorage Chamber of Commerce Forum uh, a question posed by the moderator, the three candidates for the uh, U.S. House seat, Sarah Palin, Nick Baggage, and Mary Peltola, were asked 
who would your second choice be on a ranked choice ballot? Now, Mary Peltola wouldn't answer the question. She equivocated. Sarah Palin also wouldn't answer the question and equivocated. But Nick Baggage grabbed the microphone and said he would vote for Sarah Palin second on the ranked choice voting, basically emphasizing the rank the red thing. And I think that's that's good. I mean, that's that taking a stand on it. Um, on the Pebble Mine thing, Sarah Palin was a thumb up. Uh, Baggage was a thumb sideways. He said it was to represent the need for seeing a responsible development plan. And Peltola was thumbs down. On the final question... Uh, which was uh, uh, whether or not they would vote on the the Democrats' H.R. 1 bill, which would federalize election law and take away power from the states to run their own elections. It is a really problematic election bill. We've talked about it here on the program before. She said she couldn't answer the question because she was unfamiliar with the bill. Come on, Sarah. You're going to be a Congress critter. And in a, and this is a, a bill from your nemesis in the House, Nancy Pelosi. You'd think you'd know what was going on. Anyway, Begich was a no on HR one. Peltola was a yes, and Sarah Palin was. I don't. I'm not familiar with the bill, which leads me to ask many other questions, which we'll get into much later. I'm sure because I'm like, what? Have you not? Never mind. All right. Well, there you go. We're going to jump into it here with Brad Keithley in a hot second, and we'll get the weekly top three out of the way. Well, not out of the way, but we'll get it underway. There we go. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will return in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Back with more right after this. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Uh, we had some smoking soldatna the other day, said Michael. Uh, not sure where the fire came from. I mean, it it could have come from the uh, Anchorage. The other day, they had a fire on the hillside uh, in Anchorage there that put up quite a plume. But I think a lot of it's coming from up in the interior. I think a lot of it's coming from Central. Uh, Anthony said he remembered people having to take off their car air, air filters daily to bang the ash out during the haystack fire. I mean, it was bad. I mean, literally... A room that was the KFAR studio in the old building that they were in at the time was probably 10 feet by 15 feet, the the studio for KFAR. And you literally, it looked like smoke was in the air, like, you know, it was a smoke-filled room. And that was inside the building. Outside, it looked like uh, the movie The Mist or something, or The Fog, where the smoke was just, oh, it was horrible. That was the worst summer, the worst summer. Oh, so bad. A million acres on fire. Oh, so crazy. Um, Sarah will be my second choice in a ranked choice ballot, but a distant second. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Yeah, mm, is Sarah not paying uh, paying attention? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I was, 
I don't know. I don't. I can't even comment on that right now. I just find that that I, I'm not familiar with the bill. I just find that to be kind of an unacceptable answer. I don't know about you, but you know, I would. I really. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's launch it, shall we? Shall we launch it? We will launch the Zoom meeting. And we will get, we will get us some Brad Keithley on the blower here, um, and get things ready to rock and roll. All right, look at that. We uh, last week, I don't know, we had some kind of technical glitch and it wouldn't work, and we had to do it via phone. And now we're doing it by uh, uh, computer audio. Boom! Look at that. All right, Brad Keithley, uh, our guest. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing great this morning, Michael, and Zoom seems to be working, so even better. You are extraordinarily loud. Let me, uh, I mean, like. I have, I have friends who say that. Yeah, like blow my ears out loud. Hold on a second here. Let me see if there's a, can I adjust my, uh, um. Uh, audio settings hey look at that i found the audio settings all right uh so we'll try that uh give us a give us a bit of a sound check there brad well hopefully this is better oh it's much better i had you that's exactly where we wanted you to be all right uh so brad keithley uh is uh jumping on board with us here and um i lost my mouse there it is Uh, all right so brad um and my volume is the same. Did I just turn everything down or did I just turn Brad down? I don't know. There we go. Uh, nope. It was just me. Okay. You ready to do this weekly top three, Brad? You all, I am, Michael. You're all, he's all ready. Look at him. He's, you can't, you can't beat it. And we, uh, got the uni- we got the uniform on today? Oh, yeah, exactly. Although I didn't realize that they're slightly different shades of green. Mine is more of an OD green and yours more of a forest green. But we are green team. We are team green. <laughs> it is me and Brad today, both of us in team green. Uh, we're ready to go and uh, get it. We did not even coordinate these outfits, folks. Uh, we're brothers from another mother. So we're all, we're just one of one mind at this point. Um, all right, Brad, we'll hold the line. I will be right back to you here and we will be... Uh, We'll be jumping back in. Folks, do me a favor. If you would, would you like and share this video? Would you like and follow the show page at michaeldukeshow.com? You can just hover over my name at the top and then hit follow. Uh, And finally, if you have not gone over to YouTube yet and uh, subscribed and rung the bell, the little bell next to the subscribe button, would you do that for me as well? I'm trying to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Oh, a ling That means it's time to get going. We're going to jump back into it here. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio, The Michael Duke Show. Let's get it on. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. 
The weekly top three begins right now. Brad Keithley with Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets is part of the program, and he comes in uh, each week to break down for us what he sees as being the tippity-top, the big top three things that we should be talking about, even if we're not. Uh, He joins us this morning uh, to discuss it. Uh, Good morning, my friend. What is... uh, uh, what's happening? How you how you been? I'm doing great, Michael. I'm back uh, back in Anchorage, uh, uh, back in the my my home studio, and uh, and ready to go. Yeah, it's it's much it's much better here. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a it's a better day in paradise for sure. Um, all right, Brad. Well, let's uh, let's do this whole weekly top three thing. The number one thing, of course, is we've been waiting for it for weeks. And that is the governor's budget. I kept hearing, oh, it's going to be any day, any day. I finally got word last week that uh, um, I think it was on Friday, Thursday or Friday, that the governor was going to make the announcement today, today, that uh, of on his budget. And you've given this a little thought. What are you uh, what are you thinking here for uh, for the governor's budget announcement supposedly today? Well, I'm going to be looking for 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 places the governor cuts, hopefully cuts, because we have a huge budget uh, that was approved by the legislature, places the governor cuts and and then look at what that means for uh, the five years forward and the, and the 10 years forward. It's not, to me, it's not so much about what's going to be going on next year. It's what he's cutting, what he's doing to shape uh, future spending. This budget uh, elevated uh, spending levels across the board. We had been at a budget level of about oh, $4.7 billion for several years, give or take, uh, on both sides of that. Uh, we even were, were at that level for FY22 um, uh, before we came into this budget. But with oil prices up and oil revenues up, this legislature went berserk. Uh, with the supplementals, they raised uh, FY22 from about $4.6 billion where it had been to uh, $5.6 billion, raised spending by about a billion dollars. Uh, FY23, uh, the year that uh, that we're about to start uh, on July 1, uh, is at $5.86 billion. That is, that's exclusive of, uh, of the PFD, which we count, uh, count separately in the, in the traditional manner, the pre-2017 manner. So spending is way up, a billion dollars for FY22, counting the supplementals, uh, another $200 million on top of that uh, for for FY23. And we're going to be looking at what that means long term. Uh, 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 The operating budget, uh, the agency budget uh, is up from $3.92 billion in FY21 to $4.27 billion, up $300 million. The the statewide budget, uh, statewide operating budget, is up from $400 million to $780 million between FY21 and FY23. Capital budget's up from- Wait a second. Let's go back to that just for just a hot second. That's a doubling of what just had from $400 million to $780 million. That's just this shy, this side of a doubling of that budget. It is. And, and, and it's all in FY23. I mean, it's a right. FY22 was $400 million and, and FY23 is $780 million. The capital budget is up from, you can do the multiple on this. The capital budget is up from 20, $240 million uh, in FY21 to $820 million. 
uh, in FY23. So the all, all categories, the agency budget, statewide uh, uh, operating budget, and the capital budget all have exploded in the FY23 budget. Now, some of that is one-time spending. So for example, in the in the statewide budget, what they did was prepay was 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 concurrent on the oil and gas tax credits, and then prepay uh, the estimated uh, remaining oil and gas tax credits uh, over the over the remaining few years. Um, so you've got you've got some one-time money in all of these budgets, but you've got some increased spending on on continuing items in these budgets as well. Frankly, what we hope the governor does. I doubt he does it, but frankly, what I hope the governor does is say, here's what I'm doing for FY23, and here's my 10-year plan going forward uh, from FY23. Here's here's how I get spending. Here's the one-time money. Here's why it doesn't disrupt our plans to continue to keep uh, spending under control uh, going forward. If the governor doesn't do a 10-year plan, then I'm going to step in and do a 10-year plan and figure out what's one-time money, what's continuing and what the 10-year plan is. My concern is that is that what we've done with FY23 is we've reset uh the table that we had the table that we had it down to about 4.7 billion dollars in spending and now as a as a result of the increases that we're that we're doing uh in uh, in the in the agency budget in the statewide budget and in the capital budget that we've reset the table to a significantly higher level than that and the new baseline going forward uh, is going to be significantly higher uh, going forward. If we've done that, that's it's a recipe for failure because as we've talked on the show time and time again, uh, oil prices, when you look at the futures market, oil prices are going back down. Uh, volumes aren't going to make up, increased volumes aren't going to make up for uh, for the decline in oil prices that we see in the futures market. And so revenues are going are to moderate in the years ahead. If we've reset the table to higher spending levels going forward, uh, then we've just created, you know, an even greater burden uh, for ourselves to deal with. So, to us, the important thing, the important thing in 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 the bud in the governor's announcement on the budget is not only what's he going to cut, but is he is he is he resetting the table, the expectations table from a higher level down to down to you know back to where we were uh, before we before we ran up the uh, ran up the the spending this year. One of the countervailing factors, frankly, is going to be his opponents, uh, Bill Walker and Les Guerra, are going to be looking for opportunities to, you know, claim this governor's insensitive again to claim that any vetoes uh, are vetoes of necessary, essential, uh, 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 needed spending, uh, and so the governor is going to, you know, try and is going to be walking a tightrope between. Uh, between you know uh, trying to get spending back down and and not you know creating a 2019 situation where people sort of exploded uh, at his spending cuts. I well I think it's I think it's important that that the governor send a message that yes spending's up this year but it's on one time items it's on things that 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 we had an opportunity to do because of revenue but we're going back down. Uh, and we're and we're going to get back down to the levels that we were before. Well, I mean, let's. There's two things there. First and foremost, uh, you know, I think yes, I, I agree. I think it, it, it's we're going to need to look at what is he changing in the future. One of the things that we've really had a failure in leadership in this state from pretty much every governor is this lack of a long term. <clears throat> sure, we'll put this program in place now, but what is it going to cost us in ten years? 
You know, sure, I could do this now, but whatever, you know, that we've had this lack of long term vision. It's only it seems like it's always been election to election instead of where does this program or this spending thing take us in 10 or 15 or 20 years? And so, yes, you're right. We definitely I, I, I like the idea of looking at the cuts and looking at the budget and saying, what is he what is he going to do that's going to shape us 10 to 15 years down the road? But secondly, uh, you were just talking about Gara and uh, Walker trying to take advantage and trying to, you know, spin this into, you know, again, the apocalyptic draconian, the sky is falling, all these cuts, everything's essential. I guess my question here, there is, how does that play out? I mean, Dunleavy really could, you know, he could go and and play to his base. It may be too little too late in this election cycle, but he could go to his base and say, you wanted cuts, I'll give you cuts. Here's what it looks like. And here's why, with his vision, to articulate that, you know, we need to be looking 10 or 20 years down the road. Do you think he does that, or do you think he plays the safe route and just says, Here's a little cut. Please don't hurt me. I mean, you know, what what do you what do you think? Well, given given what the governor's done in the last few years since 2019, right? I, I don't I don't expect a, uh, a a playing to the base. I don't expect a going back to the 2019 uh, uh, Mike Dunleavy. I expect a a middle of the road. Uh, I'm a fiscal conservative, uh, sort of. <laughs> the sorta. lip service? Are you saying lip service? I'm a fiscal conservative. Pay no attention to the red pen marks on this thing <laughs> here right now. Um, well, no, I'm a fiscal conservative. Pay no attention to the spending levels that I just signed. Is, exactly. is sort of the is, is sort of the message. Um, I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna try to cut down the road. I mean, this this is a poll driven governor, right? And the polls are going to tell him what he needs to be doing, or he's going to look at the polls to say what he needs to be doing to eke out a 51% uh, out of the out of the rank choice voting at the end of the day uh, in November. And he's going to have to have, he's going to say, he's going to, his pollsters are going to tell him, he's going to have to have uh, some second choice uh, votes from Walker. Uh, and he's going to have to have some second choice votes that go to, go to Charlie on the, on the, on the first, uh, first ballot, uh, the first, the first pick. Um, and, and, and he's going to have to, you know, sort of have a, a, a middle of the road, uh, uh, position. So I, um, I don't expect, I, I, what I'm really concerned about is, is, is he says he's cutting, but when you look at it, it's, it's marginal things, uh, that, that, uh, marginal things that really don't matter in the long term. look good, can say that he's, that can say that he's cutting, but he leaves in place this sort of pent up push, increased push that's uh, that's occurred in the in, in between the supplemental and the and the and the FY twenty three budget leaves that in place, and then when you look at a ten year plan, uh, a ten year forward that uh, that we've got an increased base that we're dealing with. I mean, we've already got uh, a situation going forward where we're going to be you know costs are going to be pushing up, spending is going to be pushing up because inflation is. Is significantly higher than it has been in the past, so inflation is going to be pushing uh, some of those costs up. So it's, I, I'm, I'm concerned that what we have at the end of the day after the governor's announcement, uh, uh, particularly if he doesn't show a ten-year plan, what we have at the end of the day uh, is, uh, is is some nibbling at the edges, but uh, but not a significant change in the in the increased forces that got unleashed during this last legislature. All right. Well, we move on from number three, from number, wow. We move on from number one to number two, which is 
the administration's decision on Willow, uh, the Biden administration, and what you really think that we should be looking for in that decision. Uh, give, give us a start here. Well, there's a, there's a great piece in, uh, great in the sense that I think it's very descriptive and, and captures the current environment well, in the ADN that's a, essentially a reprint from a piece that was in the, in the Washington Post uh, focused on, uh, on, on Willow. Willow has become, um, it's sort of the new Anwar, right? Now that Anwar has effectively been shut down, the environmentalists, uh, to the extent they're focused on Alaska, are turning their attention to Willow and and trying to shape the administration's response to uh to uh to the willow uh, supplemental eis for those that for those that uh want to catch up a little bit remember that willow got approved during the the eis the environmental impact statement got approved during the trump administration uh but it was the fort courts found it to be deficient uh and the court in alaska district court in alaska found it to be deficient uh, Conoco and the BLM agreed to do a supplemental EIS. They've been working on the supplemental EIS. And given the drumbeat of environmental uh, uh, discussion that's been going on with Willow, it's likely that, uh, that, the, the, that the BLM is nearing uh, the end of uh, the supplemental EIS, about to publish it uh, and come forward. So the the article that's in the ADN, the reprint from the from the Washington Post uh, uh, article, is a uh, sort of captures uh, a lot of what's going on with Willow. Uh, we're going to be looking for uh, one thing in particular uh, out of uh, out of what the the BLM does, and um, and if it's timely, we can discuss that when we come back from the break. Okay, perfect timing. We're up against it, in fact, and we will return in just a moment with uh, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Uh, if you'd like to join us in the chat room for more discussions as well during the break, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or YouTube, facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. You go to YouTube and type in The Michael Duke Show. You'll find us there as well. We'll continue with more common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio right after this. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. All right. Uh, Brad Keithley, our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, who is – I'm sorry, Brad. Um, the uh, Who's paying you, Brad? That's what they want. That's what one individual wants to know. Who's paying you? You're in the pocket of the oil companies, aren't you? You're just – you're being paid to promulgate the lies and deceptions and – some people need to get a hobby. Is all I'm saying at this point. Some people need to. Your hobby is trying to get Alaska back on track for sustainability and budgets. Brad and I don't always agree on everything, but I think Brad is 100 uh, percent uh, dedicated to that direction. Um, I, I just I find it I find it crazy. Let me let me let me make this other comment. Uh, Jim says in the chat room, we still have one of the lowest state budgets in the union. Regardless of per capita, go with per square mile and. With all due respect, <laughs> with all due respect, Jim, with, with with all due respect, 
Wow. No, no. You've got to go on a per capita spending basis when you're comparing. You have to look at the amount of money spent on government per person to even have it make sense for comparatives. I mean, Alaska is one third the size of the U.S. If you did, yes, if you looked at it on a per square mile basis, you're right. We have the lowest budget ever. Uh, If you look at it on a per capita basis, no, that's not quite right. So I'm just... Uh, no, Jim. Sorry, that doesn't work out. That's just not how you factor those kind of things, uh, because you know, yes, the fifteen cents per square mile that they are paying, uh, spending on Alaska government, you're right, looks incredibly low, but it's just not the way. Uh, it's just not the way you are. You know, uh, I got I got to give points for creativity for that. That's the first time I've ever heard anybody <laughs> try to do it on a per square mile basis. Yeah, no, no, per square mile basis. That's not uh, that's not how we do things here in the long run. Um, And when you say oil prices going down, I'm just going back and looking at some of the comments here. Uh, When you say oil prices going down, you're talking about in uh, not just the short term, like the next 24 months, but this is a this is a a long term cycle of where things are going. Yes, Ukraine and Russia and the embargoes and everything else have pushed the prices up, but that will not that will not not last in the long term. You can't count on it in the long term. That's what the futures markets are telling you, right? Right. The futures markets are saying two things. One, they're saying there's going to be demand destruction, and we're already seeing demand destruction. I mean, people aren't driving as much at $5 oil or $5 gasoline as they were at $4 gasoline. If you look over in Europe, uh, factories are uh, are closing because of, of high uh, energy prices. So futures market is one saying prices are going to go down because of demand destruction, people can't the, the the you can't support the demand levels at these prices over the long term. And second, uh, people are saying the futures market is saying there's going to be substitution to some degree, substitution of of additional oil supplies, but but more. Uh, this is pushing uh, the markets more towards substitution by uh, renewables, uh, more solar, more uh, uh, more wind, more other more alternative uh, energy uh, uh, systems. And so what we're seeing is is the futures market are factoring in not only uh, not only the Ukraine and 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 Russia and the various uh, outtakes of that or the various implications of that in the in the current, but they're looking over the long term. I do uh, we do uh, uh, a daily assessment of or look at the futures markets for what the futures markets are saying over the next five years on a daily basis. We look at it weekly on Fridays. Of what they're saying over the over the ten year time span of the current ten uh, year plan, um, and future and and futures prices five years out are already dipping below seventy dollars. They're they're in the sixty dollar range. Recently, they've they've moved into that range. So it's a I mean people who who put actual money uh, into the market as opposed to just speculating and and you know bloviating to some degree on what prices are going to be. People that that put actual money into the market. Uh, uh, in investing and 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 you know and uh, making decisions based upon what they think the, the where they think the futures market are going to be, they say the markets uh, the prices are going to be in decline uh, over the long term. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We're down to the uh, last uh, oh minute here or so. Let me see if I can find another um, if I could find another uh, decent uh, comment or question here. <laughs> That's it's few and far between this morning. Um, uh, oops, I'm back to the air quality issues. Um, 
uh, taxes, taxes, taxes. Um, Terry says he, the governor, will play the safe route. He's lost all his his red pens, and 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 that's the sad sign. Is that I think that you're probably right, and uh, and uh, and and we're all right. That I don't think he's going to be verifying. Wait, how does Brad Keithley get paid? Brad Keithley's retired. I've said this like 15 times, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, Brad's not getting paid by anybody. Brad gets up early in the morning, drinks his own coffee out of the wrong mug. He's getting a new mug. I'm getting him a new mug so he can pimp the show on the stream. But uh, yeah, no, Brad is retired. Um, in case you hadn't couldn't tell with all of his traveling to all the music festivals around the world, he is retired. This is just his side hobby. Um, all right, uh, let's jump back into it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based, Free-Thinking Radio. Let's do it. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the big radio program. Yes, my friends, it is Tuesday, the deep dive, the weekly top three. We're in a number two of the weekly top three. And, of course, uh, we were talking about the Biden administration's decision on the Willow Project. And what Brad says, we, uh, you know, what Brad says, we really need to be looking at uh, in this decision on Willow. Brad, let's uh, let's get down into the weeds here and tell us, uh, you know, what's going on. Well, to some degree, this is sort of like the governor's budget, right? I mean, so Willow has has a, a lot of different aspects to it, a lot of different proposals to it, a lot of different uh, uh, views of what it can become. And at one extreme, uh, uh, what Conoco has applied for is essentially to set up Willow to be what they what they refer to, what Conoco refers to as the new hub. On the North Slope, a, a brand new hub that will that will that will be the center point for a lot of exploration that goes on around it. Willow, the, the stuff they've applied for is the start, but their vision is that there's additional exploration that goes on uh, additionally around that hub. Comes in through the the Willow Hub, feeds the Alpine Hub, ultimately comes into Taps and, and comes down uh, to Valdez. That's that's one view of it. it. It it's a it's a beginning of a brand new exploration area development area, production area uh, built around, around this hub. Um, and then there's, and then there's a, a, another view. Uh, th- then there's the other extreme that Willow doesn't get approved by uh, the BLM and BLM just shuts it, shuts it down in the same way that effectively uh, they've shut down uh, Anwar. So it, it, it's sort of like the governor's budget in the sense that he can approve all the spending or he can approve none of the spending. He can veto all of the spending. The expectation is there will be a middle ground. Uh, that the BLM will search for a middle ground, approving a portion of Willow, but not the full vision that Conoco has has put into its application and that Conoco talks about um, in its presentations. And and what we're going to be looking for is is what middle ground the BLM sort of tries to establish. The BLM is going to approve Willow. Um, <laughs> Biden would completely undo Mur- Murkowski. Uh, up here, something he does not want to do. Right, if, right. If BLM disapproved Willow, so so BLM is going to approve Willow, but the question is, what kind of Willow? What what extent of Willow are they going to are they going to approve? There's a passage in the middle of the Washington Post article that's again available 
uh, on the Anchorage Daily News website. It says, even its critics in Alaska acknowledge the chances of stopping Willow are slim. The project may get smaller. The five drill sites originally proposed could drop to four or three, according to local officials and others briefed on the changes. But there is more public support for drilling in the Petroleum Reserve than there is in Anwar. Opponents hope, and this is the key, opponents hope that the Bureau might approve a version of the project that's too costly for ConocoPhillips to pursue. Willow is going to be expensive. And, and Con in order to justify the, the investment it's going to take to develop Willow, Conoco is going to be looking at a lot of volume, a lot of production, a lot of development uh, that's going to go on about will go go on around Willow to justify the the initial uh, upfront cost. And what I think the the pushback that the environmental community is making is they would like to kill it first. They'd like to do a pebble to it first, just absolutely kill it. But if they can't do that, they want to narrow it down to the point that Conoco looks at the cost, the upfront cost, and says. We're not going to be able to make any money given the narrow scope uh, of the approval that we're getting out of BLM, and right. so, and so BLM gets 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 the benefit of saying, "Hey, we approved it," but then Conoco effectively <laughs> killing it by saying, "You only approved you you didn't approve enough to make it economic." Right. It's like saying, "Here, you can have it, but it's so unattractive and uneconomical that you'll never want to buy it," kind of thing. Yeah, exactly right. And so, and so, what we're going to be looking for, and what others are going to be looking for, is what kind of approval does does BLM give? What kind of conditions do they put on it? What kind of scope do they allow Conoco to pursue? I mean, now Conoco can say, Conoco can say, look, you know, we're getting a narrow scope the first time, but the Republicans are probably coming back in chart, back in control, and so we're gonna we're gonna think that we can step out in the next administration with additional approvals. There's a lot of shades of gray that are going to sit uh, inside inside this approval, but initially the uh, the focus is going to be on what kind of approval, what's the scope of the approval, what are the conditions that are put on the approval uh, uh, as this thing uh, as this thing goes forward. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Do we look forward? I mean, we have any kind of time frame on when this, uh, when when the the decision supposed to come out? Is you know when BLM supposed to say yes or no or everything? I think uh, I think originally uh, uh, people were looking toward uh, the end of the year, but given the pace of of comments going on, uh, the environmental community sent a letter to the Department of Interior a few days ago, a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, 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 asking for the department to slow down the willow approvals given the pace of activity around the discussion right now i think we may be looking at july august september uh for uh, for the eis uh, uh to to come out so a supplemental eis to come out so i think i think the pace is quickened up and you know again go back to murkowski i think the administration wants to get this thing out before the fall election to show that They've reacted positively to what Senator Murkowski has asked them to do to, to help bolster Murkowski's prospects uh, in the election. And it's not going to do any good to do that in December. So uh, the, soon, the, the I think they're going to be looking at July, August, September now to uh, to get it out. They want to get it out to be able to give something that Murkowski can crow about prior to the election. And, uh, and so this is another way to help protect one of their allies in Congress. Am I wrong? No, you're you're absolutely right, and 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 frankly, that that works to Alaska's benefit. Not only do we get it sooner, 
but they're, they're going to want to do it. There's going to be a real balancing act going on here, but they're going to want to do it in a way that's effective. Uh, they're going to want to do it in a way that Conoco doesn't immediately say, well, we, it's not economic to do that. They, they, they want to do it in a way that has Conoco saying, yes, we can go forward with this project. Um, so it's, it's the, the fact they're trying to be helpful to Murkowski, I think, is, is, is helpful to Alaska uh, in the sense that it's likely going to get us a, a better approval than we would have otherwise. Frankly, if we had if we had Sullivan and Shabaka as as senators, I think the administration might just go go ahead and crater it. The fact that they're trying to keep Murkowski, the fact they're trying to 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 show that they're responsive to Murkowski is uh, is benefiting Alaska. All right, let's move on to number three, Brad, and that is a look at the candidates that are coming up in the next general election here. And you're looking in on your next campaign issue. You've already done a couple of these with us, but this is the third campaign issue. Uh, This week, we're talking about infrastructure, um, jobs, growth, capital budgets, et cetera. What do you got? Well, a lot of candidates, I think, are going to run this election cycle on infrastructure, that they support infrastructure. And that's a code word for jobs. Uh, They're going to say, you know, we're trying to increase jobs, uh, construction jobs uh, throughout the state, what the state can do to push for construction jobs. Uh, And we're trying to increase the infrastructure in the state so that it so that it makes commerce easier, makes business easier, makes business uh, less expensive uh, throughout the state. Um, And and there's a theme as we look at these campaign issues. My reaction is our reaction is that's fine. But who's going to pay? Who's going to pay for this for this infrastructure that you want to that you want to fund? And some candidates are some candidates are saying uh, that. they're going to fund it through uh, uh, lower PFDs that, right. that, you know, they'll just take the money out of the PFD. And so essentially what they're saying is middle and lower income Alaska families will be paying for the infrastructure, not the not the top 20 percent, but middle and lower income Alaska families will be doing this infrastructure on the back of, uh, of, of middle and lower income Alaska families. So essentially they're going to be arguing that we that we need to increase jobs. We need to increase, you know, construction contracts, construction profits. They won't say that, but that's what they're talking about. Right. Uh, and, and we need to increase all these things. But when it gets down to who pays, we don't want our donors to pay. We don't want our contributors to pay. We don't we want, want the to same, push it on. The- yeah, we don't want the same people that are benefiting the contractors. We don't want them to pay. We want the lower and middle income families to pay. Yeah, exactly right. So the question that needs to be asked all these times when people talk about increased spending, either on K-12 or infrastructure, who pays? Who are you proposing pay for it? I don't really care about your increased spending plans. Who do you want to pay for it? That tells me more about you as a candidate than anything else. Well, and I think Jimmy just stole my, Jim, I'm sorry, not Jim, uh, not Jimmy, but Jim just stole my thunder in the chat room when he says construction jobs are temporary jobs. That's the whole thing about government creating jobs. They're almost always temporary. Unless they are government jobs, they're almost always temporary or or uh, or fleeting or finite. The private sector is what creates jobs. Get out of the way of the, of the private sector and let them create that wealth. Let them create those jobs and stop pouring money into the economy in temporary spits and spurts and and um, and uh, you know uh, uh, facilitating this this business model of many businesses who are dependent on those government contracts rewarding them for that kind of behavior yeah I'm going to be very skeptical of candidates who say that uh, that they're that they're big on infrastructure that their plan is to go build a lot of infrastructure unless and, and nobody's going to do this but unless they step up and say, and we're going to fund it equitably 
all Alaska families are going to pay for it as opposed to just pushing it on the backs of middle and lower income Alaska families. One minute left, Brad. Final thoughts here before we let you go. Well, quickly, I think I, I think we're going to see a lot of these campaign issues through the through the course. We're going to talk about a lot of them. Uh, they're all going to be you know spending plans, and the question for every one of those plans is going to be who pays for it. Who are you proposing pay for it? And if it's PFD cuts or if it's you know some amorphous, uh, well, we'll find the money someplace. Uh, then, frankly, I'm going to be very skeptical of, of 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 the candidates that are pushing it. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. You can find him at ak4sb.com. He's also obviously all over Facebook. You can find him there. That's probably the best way because he's got a clearinghouse there. And on Twitter as well. Uh, Brad Keithley, thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. Michael, as always, thanks for having me. Folks, uh, we're out of time. We got to go. Top of the hour. We will see you in the next one. We'll do some commentary and more, plus Chris Story. Oh, I pushed that right up to the limit, didn't I? Uh, all right, um, Brad, uh, real final thoughts now since we got a couple minutes here. You know, I mean, this is the thing, and 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 I, I, I mean, Brian says by definition construction jobs are temporary, and I understand that, but I think Brian also knows what I'm trying to get at here, which is everything that the government seems to be pushing are pretty much all temporary one- or two-time jobs, of course, until the next time they push another construction job, and then the next time. And it's all about creating that business model where these businesses have become uber-dependent on that continued government expenditure. Therefore, they have a vested interest in following and keeping up and supporting those types of policies. And that's the biggest problem. I mean, that's the problem in this state, Brad, is that we've got an economy that has become dependent in many ways on that government spending. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, and, and yes, I infrastructure jobs are temporary, but it's but it's continuous temporary, right? I mean, you 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 do a bunch of construction contracts, and then you know, as they wind down, people start whining that we're going to have all these unemployed construction workers, and we need more construction contracts. And so, you know, Click Bishop and others go back in and say, "Oh, we need more infrastructure. There's always something we can do. Uh, there's always new buildings to be built. There's always new highways to be built. There's always new, you know." Uh, access roads uh, to be built. We need to continue to to do that over and over. So it's it's an ongoing wave of yes, temporary in any given time frame, but an ongoing wave of wave of uh, of these temporary jobs. And yes, we have built a business model uh, that's that's based on that. Used to be, it was oil that funded it, and then as the oil as the oil revenues ran down in the early 2010s, it became uh, uh, savings. And then as we ran through savings, now it's the it's the permanent fund dividend. Now it's getting real because we're taking money out of the pockets of middle and lower income Alaska families. We're taxing middle and lower income Alaska families to, to pay for these to pay for these projects. It may be these projects are good things. Um, it, it may be that that we need infrastructure. But if they're good things, then we should have all Alaska families pay for it. We shouldn't be shoving the burden of paying for these things, these good things. We shouldn't be shoving the burden of paying for it to middle and lower uh, income Alaska families. If if we're really improving the lives of, of Alaskans right. by doing these things, all Alaskans ought to contribute toward the cost. Right. If we're really doing a good thing, we should not be ashamed to dive down into it and talk about the details of who pays for it. We shouldn't we shouldn't avoid the second that they start avoiding those kind of conversations is the second that red flags ought to be flittering around in your mind saying, wait a second, what's what's going on with that? Why won't you address that? Yeah, exactly right. Or if they say, if they say, well, 
you know, the permanent fund dividend is free money, free cash. We ought to just divert it to this. Well, <laughs> yeah, great. So you're going to take, it's not free cash. You're taking it out of the pockets of middle and lower income Alaska families. You're taxing them to pay for it, to pay for things that benefit not only, admittedly, it will, it will benefit middle and lower income, but it will benefit the top 20% also. Why aren't you proposing that they pay for it as well? Right. Exactly. And, the, and the answer is the answer is it's our donors. We don't want to do that. Right. Exactly. Well, and again, it furthers the dependency cycle in this state. I mean, we're, it's already bad enough. This state is already bad enough in the dependency cycle. We don't need anything that adds to that. And unfortunately, that seems to be the new status quo is that we'll just add to it, you know, and they don't talk about the effects of taking that money out of the private economy where it turns on its own. Now, people will argue, well, it eventually gets into the private economy anyway, because it's going to the contractors and yada, yada, yada. But it's not going to the broad private economy, which is where it will turn multiple times in the economy instead. Right? Well, well and ICER told us, ICER told us that capital projects are the worst in terms of keeping money in the state. I mean, we have to buy our cement from outside, right? We right. have to buy our steel from outside. We have to buy a lot of the equipment that go, a lot of the materials that go into construction contracts. So ICER said the multiples out of out of, out of investing, out of spending money in construction produce less income to Alaska than certain than, than the PFDs, which produce the most income to Alaska. And and they produce less income even than the, the than the operating budget. So Yes, I, there there is some benefit to Alaska from construction contracts, but it's less than if you use the same amount of money that you're spending on these on infrastructure. Right, it's less than if you spent that money, uh, let that money go out through the PFD, and let Alaska families make the choices about where that money goes. Well, um, I mean, we could keep touting, tooting this horn. I don't know if anybody's listening at this point. Um, but I mean, we got to keep tooting this horn. We 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 need to become more self-reliant and more dependent on our own private economy than on the government because we're seeing what's happening. We're we're seeing what's happening. The the dependency on federal dollars, the dependency on state dollars. When the eventual bill comes due, and it will eventually come due because that's simple arithmetic. We are going to be hurting if we don't become more self-reliant in those regards. Yeah, and you can't you can't tell it by looking at the R or the D behind behind the name. I mean, yeah. Cook Bishop is one of those who pushes spending over and over and over. Steve Thompson's been one of those who's pushed infrastructure spending at the expense of middle and lower income Alaska well, even over and over and over. Yeah, even so you have to you have to dig into the candidate. We even Will Stapp, the new uh, new candidate, Will Stapp, I mean, nice guy, had him on the program, but even he is touting that same line, and that is worrying to me in light of everything that we're seeing right now. We've got to we've got to learn to live within our means. We've got to learn to keep that money in the private economy in the biggest way and get out of the way of private industry and let government be the smallest portion, the smallest function in the state. It's or, or or if you're going to have that, at least raise it equitably from all Alaska families. Don't shove it down just to middle and lower income Alaska. Well, family. that was the first thing he said. He's against taxes of any form. He's not he's not interested in any taxes and he's okay with the leftover PFD. So Yeah. Well, it, so so what he's saying is I, I don't want taxes on the upper 20%. I want taxes on middle and lower income Alaska families. That's my right. idea of of where taxes ought to be. Uh, that's just I mean, that's 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 click bishop. That's yeah. that's Steve Thompson. That's not that's not getting us closer to where we need to be. Exactly. That's just that's just embedding us further in uh, in where we've been brad keithley alaska's for sustainable budgets thank you my friends good to hear from you 
Michael, as always, thanks for having me. We will see you next week, my friend, with the governor's budget in hand. We'll see where we're at. Folks, we're out of time. we got to go. Hour two, dead ahead. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Across the world on the interwebs at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Ooh, got the hiccups. Uh, Welcome to it. The Michael Duke Show. Um, a broadcasting live hour two of the big radio show. We just finished up with Brad Keithley from Alaskans for sustainable budgets. We were talking about the weekly top three, which included uh, the governor's potential budget, which is supposed to be announced today. Uh, the Biden administration's decision on Willow and what he's looking for in campaign issues from new candidates. And if you missed any of that good discussion, don't forget, you can go back and listen to it today. On the podcast, the podcast is available um, pretty much wherever you find podcasts, Google, CastBox, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You could find us there. Uh, By the way, I mentioned this last week, but uh, yeah, uh, we're obviously people are listening 257,000 downloads of the podcast in the last 12 months Uh, already up this year from last year. And uh, so uh, thank you for helping us. Thank you for spreading the word about the show. Tell your friends and neighbors, tell your folks that you know uh, to get to, you know, to, to listen to the show. Uh, we're working on trying to break back into the Anchorage market again uh, where we were before uh, and get on terrestrial radio there as well. But if we can't get on terrestrial radio, at least we're sharing the podcast and getting the uh, – you can watch it on Facebook after – you can watch it on YouTube. I pretty much put it everywhere um, all at once. So we appreciate you guys uh, – Uh, helping out with that and spreading the word about the show and getting more people involved. It's important that we have a diverse conversation, even though we, uh, we may not always agree, we at least could come together and talk about a lot of the different things. And that's the important part as well. Uh, yeah, Spotify is my favorite place to pick up the podcast and you could set it and forget it. Once you subscribe, you can have it automatically download. You can listen to it. We call it Dukes on Demand because it's the only time you can tell me what to do. You could tell me to pause. You could tell me to fast forward. You could do whatever. That's what it's all about. A little bit of housekeeping here in hour two, since we're into the new hour. First of all, you could have been a six o'clock club member, 
but you didn't get up quite early enough. You're nine minutes too late. If you'd gotten up 10 minutes ago and listened to the show, you would have been a, a six o'clock club member. Uh, it's just kind of our little cool, unofficial fan club. We also have an official fan club, which we like to call the Common Sense Core which is uh, the Cool Kids Club. You can get signed up uh, there. want to say thank you to Jen, the newest member, Tawny and Willie, uh, and uh, Tawny and Herder and, uh, Pete and Paul. Uh, we're also some of the latest uh, members as well. And uh, we appreciate uh, them helping to support the show for as little as three bucks a day. We'll give you access to the private Facebook page and more, and, and you can check it all out. Just go over to my website, michaeldukeshow.com, click on Join the Core, or you can go straight to patreon.com slash michaeldukeshow. And uh, <clears throat> we would love to have you there as, as well. So look at that. That's beautiful stuff right there. Um, uh, final two pieces of housekeeping. I will be out. I will be off on Friday. I will be off the air, um, at 6 a.m. on Friday. You will be listening to alternate programming. So whether it's Doug Steffen's Good Day or Mike Gallagher or whoever you're listening to, um, just know that I will be returning. Um, the holiday is obviously Monday. July the 4th is Monday, so we would normally be off on the 4th anyway, so I decided to make it a four-day weekend instead of a three, and um, and so I will be back on Tuesday the 6th will be our first day. Uh, we'll jump into it with Keith Lee and Story on that day and have a little bit of an idea of what's going on, but I will be gone on Friday, and that, of course, means that we will be doing a little bit of... Uh, firearms goodness, firearms discussions and issues, we'll be doing a little bit of that on Thursday. Um, just a little bit, not the full two hours, because I've got some, I'm, I'm thinking about bringing on some other guests. Um, tomorrow on the program, we will have um, Chris By, the Libertarian candidate for Congress, and um, Mike Shower should be joining us tomorrow as well. So already filled up for tomorrow. Uh, potentially on Thursday, we'll see maybe if we can get, uh, <clears throat> um, I'm still waiting to see uh, what kind of how my week shakes out, but we may have Donna Ardwin on to talk a little bit more about some of the budget numbers. Um, she's always so good and uh, she's always very uh, gracious about coming on at fairly short notice. So we'll have a, we'll have a better idea tomorrow where we sit on that. And finally, Speaking of tomorrow, tomorrow is the last day. Um, tomorrow night, I'll be closing out the, the post. Um, I have a, a limited run of show swag that I have uh, put together. Uh, these are things that help support you know the show and help to show your support for the show. And that includes T-shirts uh, and mugs and everything else. If you haven't had a chance, go over to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Michael Duke show. It's pinned to the top of the page. It's the first post right on the top of the page. And you could take a look at our t-shirts. Um, we've got, uh, both men and women's cut these t-shirts. We've got a regular Michael Duke show, uh, with the beard, you know, the icon, the beard logo. And then we've got the six o'clock club member t-shirts, um, that uh, you can go there as well. We also have the Michael Duke Show coffee mugs that have the logo and the 6 o'clock club membership on the side of it and then your favorite radio station on the back of it, whether it's the stations in the interior or the stations down on the peninsula. Whatever it is, they're all there, and you can uh, you can go buy these items. Um, 
and uh, the T-shirts I think are twenty six bucks, and the and the coffee mugs are like seventeen or whatever. Anyway, go look. I've got everything posted there, and you can go take a look at that. But rep your style. Go out there and show it off. Hey, look at me. I support the show, and uh, that maybe helps start the conversation with some other people as well. If you want to. Uh, Come on in and uh, be part of it. We'd love to. Uh, we'd love for you guys to do that. But I will be closing out the ordering as of Wednesday. This is the first real big push that we've done for this uh, since we got started with some of this swag. I've given a few of these things away in the past, but now I want to give you the opportunity to purchase them. So uh, if you want to go check it out, again, facebook.com slash Michael Dukes show. That's, uh, that's the best way to, uh, to get it done. Okay. <clears throat> Hi. How are you doing? How, 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 how are you ready for today? Chris Story is going to be joining us here in a few minutes for our weekly life coaching lesson, which we will need. And uh, we can, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that here in just a minute. You know, some of the things that came up in one of the continuing, um, um, one of the things that came out of Brad's the, the that came out of Brad's discussion here in the last hour, the thing that really sticks in my mind, is this <clears throat> this creation of government dependency, and this has been a problem in America for a long time. Um, this has been a problem uh, in Alaska for probably as long as we've been a state, um, and especially. As the federal power has grown and the influence in the state of Alaska has grown. And this is something that I think that we have lost. Um, I think that this is something that, uh, that you know, we as Alaskans have fallen behind on. When I was growing up, now again, again I'm a third generation Alaskan. My grandmother was born here. You know, my whole family's here. I mean, rugged individualism and kind of that pioneering spirit is part of Alaska. And I think we've slowly lost that because we've become so dependent on the government spend on everything that it's almost become second nature. And uh, that is something that I think is part and parcel of the problem is that we've got people kind of inured to this idea of doing for oneself. And part of that has to do with the education system. Part of that has to do with, you know... Children being basically being taught that uh, if there's a problem, government is the answer. Regardless of what the question is, regardless of what the problem is, government is the answer. And now we've got businesses that have built up a business model that surrounds itself uh, around the, uh, you know, around government spending. And so it should be no surprise that this is the uh, that this is the answer for many many people, but. I, I, I'm just so frustrated to watch it because what happened to doing for yourself? What happened to doing the best that you could do with what you have? Um, now, people would argue, well, but you're asking for a dividend and that's a government. No, that's that's our money. That is our fair share of the resources. That is the way it was intended, and that was what has happened. It slowly morphed into something else in a lot of people's minds. A lot of, especially a lot of the business as usual Republicans treat it as if it's welfare or something. But I mean, that really is the ultimate expression of capitalism. That's what Hammond said. This is the ultimate expression of that in the long run. Um, and we've just we've fallen away from that. 
Um, and I think it's time that we quit looking to have all these nice-to-have programs and expect everybody to pay for them. And if you want something, do it yourself. Stop looking towards government to do those things. It makes no sense whatsoever. It makes no sense, and it's frustrating. I mean, it really it frustrates the entrepreneurship. It frustrates that free market ideal, and really it stagnates and it's and it slows down where we could go as a state. But see, the problem is is that we are all being kind of slowly subsumed into this idea <clears throat> that I call the narrative. The narrative is the belief that only through the direct benevolent intervention of government can society move forward. And you could see this philosophy in play. It used to be almost exclusively on the left, and now you're seeing more and more of it on the right as well. That only through the direct benevolent intervention of government can we have society. Society couldn't move forward without government's intervention, which we know is a total lie. As students of history, if you've looked at that, you understand that it is when government gets involved a lot of times that things are um, are problematic, to say the least. But there are many, many people who have bought into this idea of the narrative. And so to be part of it, they want to. That's why you see so many uh, people who are of a more left left wing or progressive mindset in working in and surrounding themselves in government because that's what they believe. They believe that they're doing God's work or whatever they think of as God. Uh, to do God's work is to be part of that so that they can spread the gospel of the narrative that only through government intervention can things move forward and progress in society. I believe the, I believe the opposite. I believe that government, uh, uh, that government intervention uh, on the whole – not in pieces and parts, but on the whole, is an impediment to furthering society. And that's a that's a that's a different philosophy. If you bring this up at a cocktail conversation somewhere, you'll get some really weird looks because remember, most of these people have been trained in the public education system, and the answer to every question is government. If there's a problem, it's government that will solve it. Not you, not the people, not us grabbing ourselves up by our own bootstraps and doing the right thing. It is government that must lead the way in where society is going. And you see this kind of verbiage coming out of politicians of every stripe. When we learn and we realize that these people who are leading our government are just like you and me. They're just people. They have no more answers than we have. They do have the power and force of the of the government. They do have the 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 violence and the and the and the the you know the guns and every and the power to put you in a cage. They've got all those things, and so therefore might makes right. And they think that they know better than you. But the bottom line is is that they don't. They don't. Society can move forward without direct benevolent government intervention. We've seen how benevolent government can be. I mean, even here in the U.S., the land of the free and the home of the brave, the home of Japanese internment camp and the Tuskegee Airmen and uh, a million other things that I could point out of where the benevolence of government has not necessarily done us right. Right. We can move forward on our own. We need to stop looking at that dependency. This is the big 10,000-foot view. In the state of Alaska, we definitely need to stop on that dependency because this is where it leads us.
to where we're at right now. Sorry, that was my rant for this morning. That was uh, that was my rant this morning. That's where we're at. Stop looking to go- turn that mirror and look yourself in the eye and say, "I'm the solution." I'm the solution, not the government. Stop looking to other people to solve your problems. Solve them yourself. Yep, that's where I'm at right now. Solve them yourself. All right, we got more coming up. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke Show continues. Chris Story's up next. You're on for Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, Let me go back here. Um... Government intervention is 80% of the problem. The other 20% is people pushing for bigger government. I wouldn't disagree with that. Association with power. Integrate oneself with the king is a good way to get more crumbs. Yep. Um, Amen. Drop the mic. I dropped the mic. Donna, give me 100%. Thank you, Donna. Spot on. People want everyone else to pay for their needs. Yes. Uh, Okay. I saw this comment earlier. Twelfth man off the grid. It said, I sent you a message on Messenger because I couldn't comment on your Facebook post. Okay, that's great. I'll get your message on Messenger. He said he needs three uh, or preferably 4X shirt and a mug. Okay, I can get a 4X shirt and a mug. Uh, you just make sure you tell me what kind of shirt, whether you want the the show the, the logo shirt with a beard or if you want the 6 o'clock club shirt. You tell me. Um, you should put your YouTube and Facebook websites on those shirts or other website. It's hard. That's why I just put michaeldukeshow.com on the back because there are links to Facebook and YouTube and everywhere else right on the right on my Facebook page. Right at the top of my Facebook page. Um uh what was can you buy anything besides Facebook? Some folks are banned. You can buy you can go over to Facebook and if you uh want to send me a message, I just put up the I just put up the posts um with the, uh, I just showed pictures of the of the products. I just showed pictures of the products on the screen while we were talking, uh, Chris. If you want anything from that, just let me know, and we will uh, we'll get you some t-shirts or some mugs or whatever. I mean, here's the here's the here's here. Uh, since Chris is here, Chris is like, can you do anything besides Facebook? Some folks are banned. Uh, before I jump over to Chris, let me just show you real quick. Here are the here are the no. Come here. Let me grab this. No, no. Let me grab that. Oh, oh, I got to unlock it. Sorry. Uh, so here are the items on Facebook right now that you can uh, you can go look at yourself. So here's the T-shirt with the beard logo. It's in black. Unisex. You can also get it in black um, in the ladies' cut. And then here's the 6 o'clock club shirt. This is showing the ladies' cut, but you can also get it in men's. Uh, it comes in gray. 
Um, and uh, that's the logo there. And then that's the back of it. All right. So anyone, so you either get the, the, the beard shirt or the six o'clock club shirt. And then here's the mug. And all you got to tell me on the mug is which radio station you want on the back. So I want the beard mug. I want the MD show mug. And I want either KFAR or the Peninsula stations on the back. One of the two. That's all you got to tell me. So go take a look at that. Those are up and available right now. Um, and I'll be baking that order tomorrow night. So if you want, if you want some of the killer show swag, that's where you're going to do it. It's going to be a limited run on this. So there you go. Um, did I read somewhere that we can pick it up in Wasilla? If you make arrangements for me, I will pick them up. I will deliver. I will, we will meet at some undisclosed secret location together and we'll do a drug deal with show swag. It'll look like a drug deal. I'll hand you a package. You'll hand me some cash. That'll be, that'll be fine. Find the way. Um, um, that's where it is. Both parties are guilty of big government on different things. I agree with that, Tyler. hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Most people just don't realize it as long as it's government that they believe in. hundred percent. Uh, Moret wants a shirt. Rick, uh, love my mug, says Cindy, gives you a good full cup of coffee. They are nice mugs. I was always, I was, I, I specifically chose these mugs because they're a big honking nice mug. Um, nice lady shirt. I've also noticed since I moved here, Alaska's are quick to blame transplants, failure of government intervention for all their woes, but are usually the last to jump on and offer a solution. Yep. Did Brad, the taxes get it done. Um, um, I might be able to bring, uh, if people are in Homer and they want to meet me when I, I'm coming to Homer in probably in August, I won't be coming to Homer until August. Um, I don't know if I'm going to come down in July, probably August, but, um, um, or I can mail them to you. We'll figure it out. All right. Chris story. He's here. He's ready to go. Um, we're going to jump into it with him right now. The Michael Duke show, common sense, Liberty based free thinking radio. Um, love, live, laugh. Let's do the show. <laughs> love, live, laugh. I literally just sounded like a PMA of the day calendar. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> Love, live, laugh. Uh, maybe it's Chris Story w- r- rubbing off on me. I don't know, but I just, I just told the, the I just told the chat room that right there. <laughs> it's all fun. Chris Story, the man from Homer, joins us this morning for our weekly uplift. I don't know. Maybe you are contagious, Chris. I, I mean, the doc gave me a pill, but apparently it didn't work. Uh, this is uh michael i I need to tell you this is the last tuesday i'll be calling into the michael duke show oh let's enjoy it oh really really what's going on you get a better offer somewhere actually no i set up a, a home studio and so i'll be using my my board to connect with you every tuesday so i've got a remote board and a home studio set up so this is the last phone call technically oh to the show. so we'll be ready to do some zoom action yeah. or something huh no no zoom but uh a home home audio system set up here that's just fantastic it's a remote remote studio but i just wanted to hear your heart skip a beat when you heard that this would be my, it was just 
psychological uh, warfare on you. Psychological warfare on your friends. That's how, that's how yeah. I live. That's how I love my life. That Because 50% of the audience was, was like, yes, he's out of here. Exactly. And then, you know, the other 10% were like, yeah, that's too bad. Okay, that's too bad. We'll miss you, Chris. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Um, that's it. All right. So today you want to talk about success as a three-act play. Uh, is yes. going to be your topic for today. Okay, so a three-act play, what do we got? Inspired by, of course, MD, or as you know him as Michael Dukes. Mm. A few weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, I forget which, but you and I were here talking as we can be found every Tuesday at this time, and you mentioned something, um, and you've used this phrase before, <clears throat> thank you to you make it, but you mentioned that it got a bad rap because you know, PMA and, you know, the positive psychology in general, when, when people hear that fake it till you make it, it, it can be a little bit off-putting or uh, sounds disingenuous or insincere. And I really started thinking about that because just as a little proverb, it's a good idea to fake it till you make it, assuming you're doing something worthy or noteworthy or worthwhile. It's, it's good to act as if. And it started me thinking a little bit about something that uh, the, the father of modern psychology, William James, had said. And he had a whole philosophy of act as if. And so I thought, well, it's got to be more than just to act it. There has to be a way to codify this philosophy into something that's meaningful, digestible, and also sincere, because it truly is such a powerful little aphorism. So I decided to put it into a three-act play following on William James. Again, he's a you know father of modern psychology, so how could we go wrong there? So it starts with act one imagination. So you have to be able to imagine or see yourself becoming, having, or doing what it is that you want to do. And so I think that that first act is all about imagination, effortlessly imagining, using the power of your visualization and focusing on and, and noticing details in your imagination, not just seeing it once or looking at a picture or having a vision board is great, but using your imagination is nothing as compelling as your imagination, and then begin to fill in the details. So it does take a little bit of effort to, well, Michael, call it daydreaming. Imagine that you're back in algebra class and you're daydreaming. Right. And you, you daydream and you start to daydream in color and, and technicolor and details start to get filled in. This is this this wonderful place is where I'm suggesting on act one of this three-act play that we go, and that is to our to our imagination where anything is possible. You don't set rules as you visualize yourself moving into this compelling future. Don't put rules, don't judge yourself, just visualize. Right. Well, because at that point, you're basically filling in the details. If you have a goal or a dream, you have to visualize it in every in every detail, right? And yeah. so you're every time you go in there and you're like, okay, you know, let's say for example, I want to build my I want to build my, uh, my dream house or whatever. You're filling in the details of what this staircase would look like or what the living room would look like or what are some of the features. And as you start to fill it in, your brain it makes it more real and you're programming your brain to see it as not just this abstract idea of, oh, I want a new house to this is the specifics of what I want. You know, I want a new car. Here's the color. Here's the kind of seats that I want. Here's some of the accessories that I want to put on it. And it makes it more real in your mind and it makes it easier to visualize it. And it, it helps move that goal along. And it's really enjoyable. 
it's very actually rewarding to to see this using your imagination, which all of us are gifted with, but not everybody necessarily does this. And so it can sound a little foreign or actually juvenile, but it's not. It's it's really quite powerful. You have very powerful mind. And I think we use a very small percentage of it. And the second act, as we go along in this three act play, is to think as if and thinking versus the imagination. So thinking is a conscious awareness of your thoughts moment to moment. This is where your positive mental attitude, your optimistic attitude, your outlook on life is going to serve you really well. So aphorisms can help. They can assist in building this muscle of positive thinking. And so thinking as if is all about your attitude day to day. Right. Um, it's about, yes, imagining who you want to become. Then think like that person. Plant seeds of positivity in your own mind. Because look, in the garden of life, uh, negative stuff's coming at us every day. Weeds are going to pop up every single day. And so it, it, as you think about this, it's not a bad idea to take a mental diet um, from negativity. Take a mental diet from negativity and just eliminate, not eliminate from your life necessarily, but maybe avoid conversations where you know they're going to be confrontational. They're going to be negative. You're going to be judged for a while. Give yourself seven days, for example, of just eliminating that negativity. Use your imagination and think positively and take control of your day-to-day -day active thoughts. And once you're in a, a place of strength, then you can reintroduce the negative people into your life and it won't be quite so contagious it won't quite be so <laughs> won't beat uh, you down. right won't beat That's you right. down quite so much right you know and this really goes back to the idea i mean i in my mind i hear napoleon hill in the back of my mind going what the mind of man can conceive and believe he can achieve and they, these things that you're talking about here especially the painting of the picture and the the dreaming up of the details of it and then the eliminating everything else and the and the negativity it leads to you've conceived it i want my goal you've believed it by fleshing it out and eliminating the negative that is the that is the the i mean that's the key right there i agree and so that that really relates to the third act of this little play which is to act as if so we've imagined as if we're thinking as if and now we're following up with the all-important action because if we don't get off the couch if we don't take right. action we don't move towards what it is we're imagining and thinking about and thinking towards then obviously we're not going to accomplish it except by default right. occasionally right. we'll stumble into something fantastic but usually not usually we stumble right. into a pothole so and that's the that's the fake it part, right? I mean, that's you're you're acting now. You're faking it, right? Because as if it's already real, you're you're acting as if it's already real. You're taking that action. So this is the fake it part of the fake it till you make it. You've done the conception, the belief, and now the action, and that's really where it comes down to. Yes, except I would I would just challenge you on this point as far as the faking it part. The action is the reverse of that. In fact, if you want to say, let's say I was being fitted for a tuxedo about 12 or 13 years ago for um, for a wedding and the, the seamstress was a genius. She was absolutely a psychological genius and a motivational speaker and an inspirational uh, kind of influence in my life because as she was measuring me for this, she goes, OK, you have an athletic build. And at the time I was about. Uh, 75 pounds heavier than I am today. And so I really took that to heart. Oh, yes, I do have an athletic build. And and thank you. And, <laughs> and well, what does an athlete do? An athlete takes 
action. So you you would imagine yourself as an athlete doing these things. You can think towards becoming an athlete, but if you don't act and you don't start some sort of a regimen or a, a routine, well, you can't fake that. You got to get up. And Zig Ziglar always talked. I know you and I are both fans of his, but he always talked about his very first book. He printed in the book that I weigh 178 pounds. And, but truthfully at that time, he weighed like 30 or 40 pounds heavier than that. But he gave himself a deadline to publish the book and to get to that weight. And he had, he went out and the first day he said he was so proud of himself. He ran a half a block next day. He ran a half a block and a mailbox the next day, a half a block and two mailboxes. And so it's, that's the action. So I think that really is the period at the end of the sentence is we must take action. We cannot fake that piece of it. So you imagine it, think about it, think towards it, and then act it out and literally become that person. Uh, Jimmy in the chat room says, so you want, so that we, so we want it. So we want to be fake. What kind of psychobabble is this in this morning? Again, I think you're, you're missing the point. We're not saying you, you be fake. You fake it mentally until you get there. You put, you, you basically, you basically put it in your mind that that is, uh, you know, you're you're basically programming your mind. That's that's where we're at, right? Yes, absolutely. So imagine, think, and act, and all three of those come together. I think in in the perfect synchronicity, such that who it is you wish to become, what you want to do, accomplish, have, be in relationship with, uh, and and no no stretch of the imagination is going to make you perfect. Right. You have to act and fall, act and fall and fall seven times, get up eight, as the Chinese said, it's really a matter of doing the work. I think there's no amount of thinking that's going to overcome not doing. So right. clearly the opposite of faking is actually to act. And, and um, I, I think one thing too, is a sense of understanding that there, we all have one thing in common in, and I think relating to maybe becoming a better person, we all want to contribute. We all want to have matter and have impact. And, and that's why there's, you know, 400 million YouTube channels and thought leaders. And right, right. All, we all want to matter. And I think one of the greatest things we can possibly do is forgive ourselves for making mistakes as we go through this process. You're not perfect. I got into a situation yesterday uh, with somebody and I, oh, man, I really wasn't proud of how I, I acted to this, this store manager. Um, but I made a long journey just to get the, this particular thing. And the store manager was not being cooperative. And I, I just caught myself in that. Wait a minute. What am I doing? Okay. Stop. Let's solve this. Let's work together. Let's, you know, but we all have opportunities to make mistakes every single day on this journey. But if you do imagine what you want and you can see it in your mind's eye and then control your thinking day to day such that negative comments from the sidelines aren't going to derail you because you've already planned for it. You're armored for it. You know where you're going and you're going to control your positive thinking and you're going to think as the person you wish to become. What would somebody think like? For example, I'm, I'm in the process of writing two books right now and that's a huge mistake. I need to, I, so I take it away. Now. Okay, Chris. You're an author. You published three books already. What what would somebody else tell you that's that's maybe published fourteen or fifteen? 
focus on one. Put this one aside until you finish that one. Okay, I, you know, and I'm having to think my way through this process, but acting, I'm writing every day. That's right, the, right. That's the linchpin. That's I've got to take that action every yeah. day. I think Jimmy also brought, brings us right back to the beginning of this conversation when he says, well, I just heard the word fake to me as it's such a negative connotations of understanding that's all. And that's what we were talking about at the beginning because I said a couple weeks ago that there was a whole negativity around the whole kind of idea of fake it till you make it because people don't understand what we meant by that. They, they didn't mean to be fake people. They meant believe, conceive, achieve is what they meant. Fool your own self is what you're doing with that. Final thoughts here. Uh, just remember, you're born on purpose and with a purpose. And the journey, the discovery, going through that process, figuring out what you want to do and what you're here for at any age, I think is really powerful. At 8 or 80 or 88, my uncle's 96, and he still contributes into the family's life in a, in a very positive way. So there's no limit to when you can become who it is you want to become. Just remember, you were born to live, and part of that process is making mistakes and moving forward. Uh, Chris Story, you can hear him on the air down there on the peninsula on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Chris, 1 p.m.? Yes, and a brand new podcast, Michael, just launched everywhere you get podcasts called The Backyard Millionaire. Okay, and you're on the stations of KPEN uh, and, down KGTL. On, and KGTL down on the peninsula. Are you streaming your show yet? I, I couldn't remember. I know we talked about it. I tried to help you set it up. Did you get that done? <laughs> you helped me set it up, and then I just continually forget to turn it on. <laughs> I'll do it today at 1 o'clock. <laughs> turn on the stream at 1 o'clock. I'm assuming you could find the stream at ilovehomeralaska.com. Yes, indeed. All right, don't forget to turn it on. It's important, all right? Thank you. People want to hear you. People are asking about it in the chat room, so they want to be able to hear you today, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 p.m., KGTL, KPEN, or on the live stream at ilovehomeralaska.com. Uh, author of the book, The Backyard Millionaire, available on Amazon and on Audible. So there you go. Uh, thank you, my friend. It's good to hear from you, as always. We'll have to figure out the details of next week now that you've got me all confused as to how you're going to contact me, but we'll figure it out. Uh, it'll be brilliant. It'll be brilliant. All right. Thank you, sir. Good to talk with you. Thank you, Michael. All right, folks. Uh, that leads us over to the last segment of the show, which I'm going to just open the phone lines up for. I don't know what you want to talk about. And... Uh, I'm now thinking about what Chris was talking about. So my mind's at a whole different place now than it was 15 minutes ago. We'll be back with more of The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Oh, good stuff from Chris Story. Good stuff from Chris Story. Oh, I mentally am already at the weekend. I got to be honest with you. There's some weeks where I am totally into the. Uh, there's some weeks where I'm totally into the uh, the thing and and into work and I you know. And, but this morning and today, I'm already I'm already on Friday already. Oh. <laughs> uh, He'd get a growing audience with streaming. Yes, I know. That's why I went. I mean, last time I was in Homer, I sat with him and for a couple hours and got him all squared away and software and everything he needed and set him up. And I did all that. I got him all squared away. He's just got to remember to turn the button on. 
I tried to share my my technical expertise um, with him on that. Yeah, I got short timers. I got short timers in a bad way. I'm just ready. I'm just ready to jump out there. Robert, you cut you jump into the chat with some of the most non sequiturous things ever. Just like like just out of the blue. It's like you join and just say whatever's on your mind the second you join. Which is fine. I just I find it a little confusing. We're talking about one thing and the next thing you know, you're like dropping something else on there. It just cracks me up every time. It's just it cracks me up every time. Um Christopher, I don't live in Homer. I live north of there in Kasilov. Um, uh, can't wait for the Kenai Parade on Monday. Yay-haw. Um, Harold's ready for the weekend. Every time, Brad, I'm ready for you to have the weekend as well. Um, the That spam above is why you need a moderator on YouTube, says 12th Man. Uh, if you notice, if you scroll upwards, you'll see that that stuff is gone because I moderated it myself. I saw it and moderated it myself. I done did. I done did take care of that for you already. Um, but again, to do some of those, to get like moderator bots and some other things, I need. Um, I need some. All uh, participants are muted. I need a thousand. I need a thousand subscribers to be able to get access to some of those tools. Go Red Sox! Is that the football team? I'm just. I'm asking, is that the, or is that the hockey team? Which which one is that, Brian? Can you tell me? I'm unsure. I'm unsure. <laughs> I keep waiting for somebody to blow up now. I know Red Sox is a baseball team, but I just love pointing to the fact that I'm uh, pointing to the fact that I am. Uh, I hate sports. No, I don't hate sports. I just I'm so. Well, I mean, I'm like not, I'm like more than ambivalent. I'm not to hatred, but I'm somewhere between ambivalent and and hatred for sports. It's a lacrosse team. Thank you. I'm sorry, Brian. The lacrosse team, the Red Sox. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, okay, what else we got? Anything else? There's just nothing else that's just jumping right out at me to talk about this morning. I got one light on hold. We're going to talk about that here in just a hot second. Um, all right, let me, uh, let me go over to the, uh, let me go over to the phone lines here and figure out who this is. Shall we? Let's do that. Good morning. Who's this and where are you calling from? That's uh, Terry calling from Kodiak. Hello, Terry from Kodiak. Hold the line, my dear. I will be right back to you. You will be first up in the queue, and we'll get that. Uh, we'll get you squared away here in just a second. Oh yeah, I see somebody uh, again. Um, you're right, twelve. I do need a. I do need a uh, uh, um, a moderator. Um, can I, uh, yeah, I can do this like this. Boom. Just like that. Uh, nope. No, I want to do that again. Yep. Yep. I did it. See, look at that. All good. Um, all right. We fixed that. And now you won't see it no more. All right. Um, uh, 
Yep, got her done. Got her, otter. All right. Um, boom. Love it. All right. Uh, we are coming up on it here. We are about 40 seconds out. And uh, we will uh, we'll dive into this with more here in just a second. We've got Terry from Kodiak. I'm not sure what she wants to talk about, but I'm sure it will be a good conversation. Again, don't forget to uh, – Terry, where'd you go? Terry, where'd you go? Oh, no. Apparently, I just accidentally closed my closed my uh, my controller for the phone room. All right, there we go. I'm back into it. Okay. All right, we're going to jump into it with Terry. Time to go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Do it all. Obey. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Uh, final segment of the show this morning, and we are opening up the phone lines uh, to you to talk about whatever you want to talk about. I asked people in the chat room what they want to talk about. Somebody said Roe v. Wade, yada, 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 and uh, and everything else. But uh, uh, let's see what Terry wants to talk about. She's in Kodiak, and we'll start off with her. Good morning, Terry. What's on your mind this morning? Well, good morning. I just was... Uh listening to Chris Story's little spiel there um, and remembering um, I, I used to many decades ago <laughs> really get into things about positive thinking and uh, the new age movement and uh, I, I, I kind of burned out on it eventually and uh, marathon I'm sorry, what, Terry, you broke up there for a second. What was that? Uh, I just kind of, uh, I was uh, a lot younger. I marathon sprinted away from my uh, upbringing mm-hmm. of uh, just fundamental, uh, I don't know, Pentecostalism. And uh, I, I was into the New Age uh, for a while and positive thinking and that kind of thing. And. Uh, I, I'm not sure when I started burning out on the New Age stuff, but uh, I uh, remember listening to, I think it was Kenneth and Gloria Copeland uh, on TV and started getting interested in their ideas. And uh, so I, I started carrying a, this was back in the days when there it was video cassettes and I, I'd carry a, one of those in, in the bow of our skiff when we were picking fish because I had a set net permit in those days. And uh, I was playing uh, this verse that said, uh, return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And I I saw the net uh, sink with fish right at the same time. And I had never in almost 20 years that I'd been out there fishing salmon ever seen the net do that before. Right. So I thought, hmm, this isn't a coincidence. And so I just uh, 
started trying to piece this God who I was really angry at. <laughs> and, uh, your your phone is your phone is breaking up, Terry. Um, your 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 signal's getting real bad. Let me just say this, um, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of slide you down here for a second, see if your phone will reconnect and do a little bit better. But I don't think that positivity and um, and new age or religion is mutually exclusive. Uh, I mean, both Chris and I are Christians, and uh, I think that they're you know when you're positive, you're positive. And I mean, even the word talks about that. You know, you're hung by the tongue, you're snared by the words of your mouth, you know, out of the mouth speaks the heart, all those kind of things. And everything comes back to, you know, be glad and rejoice. I mean, the positivity is not a new age thing. I think positivity is positivity. Now, some people mixed kind of the new age philosophy in that for sure. But I don't think it, again, I don't think that they are mutually exclusive. I think you can be. Uh, you could have still been a fundamental Pentecostal and been positive at the same time. I don't think that you have to be one or the other. Yeah, I uh, I just remember reading that uh, the guy that wrote The Power of Positive Thinking, he was uh, involved in seance, I think it was, and that kind yeah. of well, shook that's... me to the core. Sure, sure. <laughs> I just, yeah, Norman Vincent Peale, and I... The thing is, uh, I, I got a little overboard uh, with uh, uh, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland teachings uh, about prosperity gospel, and I found out the truth of that verse that says, uh, those that desire to be rich um, pierce themselves through with many sorrows. <laughs> we went through the uh, Exxon Valdez uh, oil spill, and that was uh, one of the big sorrows. <laughs> Right. Uh, made, made some bad choices because we just didn't listen to God very well. And, well, uh, but I think the whole thing is again, there's they're not mutually exclusive. You can be both. You can be one or the other. You can do however you wanted to do it. And but again, positivity has changed my life uh, in many ways. I've been an advocate and an adherent to kind of positive thinking for well since I was probably seventeen or eighteen, and it has changed my life for the better. Um, and I guess, you know, like I said, sometimes it doesn't work for everybody. We'll put it that way. Thank you very much for your call. Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Carlene in Kodiak. Well, hello, Carlene. How are you? Excellent, Michael. Thank you. And you? You know, it's a beautiful day. I could ask for a little rain only because I'd like it not to burn around me, but uh, it is a beautiful day. I know. I've been thinking about Murphy over there and wondering if the fire is near her home. I've been thinking about that. But, um, Michael, what I'm calling about is in my local newspaper on Thursday, it was the Alaska Supreme Court considers um, extent of legal shield for tribal groups, and it kind of ties in with what Brad Keithley spoke about today and then you about doing for yourself and uh, doing the best with what you have. Um, I am Alaska Native. My mother was from Sitka. Mm-hmm. A lady asked, how long would it take to fly to your village? I said, well, if I leave your stand right now, it might be eight or nine hours to get there because Sitka is down near Seattle, right. as is true. So, but what this was about was about 
Um, James Brooks wrote the article. He used to be an editor of our newspaper. Iris Samuels worked at the newspaper office also. But it was a very good article about native immunity, and it was in front of the Alaska Supreme Court. It shows a photograph of the George Boney Courthouse where the Supreme Court meets. But what's going on is uh, they, the tribals, uh, the corporations want legal immunity, and they want uh, native sovereignty, they want native immunity, and it just feels like, as I'm Alaska Native, that I can bring this topic up, is that uh, there's just been a real sense of entitlement here, and also, I do live in low-cost housing. My rent is close to $500 a month. But um, so, see, I'm part of this system. Right, right. Um, but I don't get, I don't have a big house that's tax exempt for so much either. Right. But it feels like we, the natives do not have to be accountable. And that doesn't feel right. It's like they don't have to follow the rules. And some of our leaders have one share. I have a hundred shares. I'm an original shareholder, but others inherited one share. And there are leaders, and they're trained to be judges. They went to school for two and a half weeks, and others call themselves legal counsel, though so they're blue-collar workers. And who pays? It just right. feels like um, well, that's a, it's we a, could do a lot of damage. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a deeper topic, uh, Carlene, for sure. We're, I don't have enough time to get into it today, but you're right. That's something maybe should be we should address here in the future. Definitely some interesting stuff. I appreciate you calling in this morning. Hey, we're uh, we're ready to go. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Chris By, Mike Shower. We'll see you then. All right, my friends. Uh, out of time for today. I got to fly. I appreciate y'all being part of it. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. We. Uh, Appreciate you coming in. And go out and enjoy some sunshine. Go out and enjoy some sunshine. We will see you tomorrow. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. We'll see you there.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. <laughs> 